ARE Study Guide Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the ARE Study Guide Podcast. In this episode, we are going to look at business finances. This is directed mostly towards the practice management exam. Objective 2.1 is business finances. And the objective says you should be able to evaluate the financial well-being of the practice. You will need to be able to analyze financial data, business strategies, and the firm's strategic priorities to identify actions that position the practice appropriately. So, finance. I don't know how much any of you know about this. There's a lot. Like, <laughs> finance is like a whole college major, right? Like, there's a lot to finance. So, I struggled with where do you stop and how much do you really need to know? And when I studied for this, I kind of went overboard. And it wasn't that I went beyond the reference matrix. I was looking at just the books that NCARB recommended reading. But nonetheless, there's a lot of information, especially in the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice. And so what I'm going to tell you is I, I don't regret overlearning on this topic, but do not stress out about memorizing everything and do not stress out about memorizing all of the terms. Uh, there's so many finance terms and definitions and I cannot imagine them trying to quiz you on that. They are not quizzing you on your ability to be an accountant for an architecture firm. It really is with all of these exams. It really is a broad overview and they know that, right? This is one objective out of many with this exam. It is a big portion. The section that the finances is included in is about 30 to 35 percent of the test. But again, it's a broad overview, so don't get stressed. So if you get my study guide, you will see a ton of definitions. And again, I, I don't regret learning them. It is really good to learn conceptually. So all of these things that you look at with finance, you're learning the concepts. Don't worry about knowing like break-even rate, aged accounts receivable, profit-to-earnings ratio. All of these things, if you have a practice, yes, you want to be familiar with, but it's really conceptually the things that you need to learn about with finance. So I'm just going to quickly touch back to what they said the objective was. It said analyzing financial data, business strategies, and strategic priorities of the firm to identify the actions that position the practice appropriately. And that's really what it is. It's identifying the actions that position the practice. So when you need to make a business decision, such as should we take this project on or staffing decisions, that's kind of when the business finances would practically come into play for the actions that you would take, right? So in an ideal world, you could always put the best people on a project, but 
when you're looking at the business finances and the profit of a particular project, you realize you can't put all your best people on. You have to put some junior staff on and figuring out the numbers, like how do you fit what you pay your employees and what your profit is on a project to make sure that you're, you're doing the project in a profitable manner. So I'm going to do my best to cover some of the finance terms and definitions and concepts, but you should look at this on your own. Again, you can either do that through my study guide where I break down everything or the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice will have all of that spelled out in a similar or lengthy format. And again, don't get caught up in that. You're just learning the concepts. So when you read it, read it to understand that you're becoming familiar, but you are not becoming a finance expert. No one's expecting that. Some big concepts. Break-even rate. The break-even rate is the hourly labor rate plus operations costs. So when you look at the cost to have an employee work on a project, it is not only the amount you pay them. Say you pay them $25 an hour. It is not just that. You have to add a portion of your operations overhead to that rate. The overhead rate is money spent that can't be directly billed to projects. So that is why you have to incorporate a portion of your total overhead to each of the employee's hours so that you can cover that cost because you're going to have to pay a power bill and internet and you can't bill that directly to any one project. So you spread that out across all of your projects so that it's fairly distributed and that the cost is covered. Profit to earnings ratio is profit over revenue. Net multiplier is the revenue that you get for every dollar that you spend on labor. Utilization rate is the percentage of an employee's hours that can be billed on projects. So your firm may or may not have shared this with you before. So when you do things for the company that aren't directly billable to a specific project, or it's like training that they say they'll pay you for, but they can't bill to a project, that's going to lower your utilization rate. So if 100% of the time you only worked on projects, you didn't do anything outside of that, there was no extra learning stuff or you know, no, no personal development stuff um, or career development stuff, sorry. There was no outside development. It was just working on projects. Every hour you spent, they could bill to the project. You would have a perfect 100% utilization rate. But then let's say you, um, you're studying for these exams and the time you spend to go take a test, your company reimburses you for that. They say, oh yeah, your test takes four hours. You can bill the company. Those four hours would lower your utilization rate. Revenue is how much money the company receives. So if you bill a client for $1,000, you have $1,000 in revenue. 
once they pay you. Profit is how much the company gets to keep after the expenses are paid. So if you bill a client $1,000, but then you have to pay $750 to your employees for doing the work, you have $250 in profit. Accounts payable is money owed that hasn't been paid. So this this is your bills, your consultant's fees that you have to pay. So it's money that you owe that you haven't paid. That's accounts payable. Accounts receivable is money that other people owe you, the money that a client owes you for your services. Liability is the debt of a company. So your accounts payable is part of your liability. Direct labor is the money that you pay your employees for project-related work. Indirect labor is the money that you pay your employees for non-project-related work. Billing rate is the hourly rate you charge for an employee. The billing rate is how much an employee earns per hour. This includes the cost of their benefits, plus the office overhead, plus the amount that you include for profit. So if you had the billing rate set to just be an even amount of how much an employee earns per hour and your office overhead, you would have no profit. And that's not good. You have to have profit. You have to have, I guess, kind of like a savings account, right? Just as individuals, we need a savings account. The company needs to have that cushion. You, you have to have a healthy profit to have a good business. The billing rate is how much an employee earns per hour, including the cost of their benefits, plus the overhead, plus the profit. So the billing rate is found by taking the amount an employee makes multiplied by the net multiplier. So the net multiplier is what covers the cost of the profit and overhead. Three is a common net multiplier for architectural firms. So if the employee makes $25 per hour and the firm uses a net multiplier of three to cover their overhead and profit, the rate you charge the client for the employee is $25 times three, which is $75 per hour. So if you ever see the billing rates, if you ever look at your firm's contracts and you see the billing rate is way more than you make and you go, that's unfair. Why don't I get that money? It's because the firm needs that. That money is what's covering their overhead and profit. Job to date, which is the number of hours that have been spent on a project and the costs that have been spent on a project to date. There's estimate to complete, which is the estimated number of hours and costs from today's date to the project completion that will be required to finish the project. And all of these things are important to look at but I don't think they're so important uh, to memorize for the test, so I'm not going to record all of them on this episode. I think, again, look either at, um, I think the two best resources that you have are the study guide I made, because I know everything's in there, and also the Architect's Handbook of Professional Practice. Take your pick, however you want to study it. Become familiar, but again, um, that's not, what the objective says, the objective doesn't say know all the terms. The objective says 
how would you strategize knowing these things? So you learn the concepts about finance and knowing that the firm has to be profitable. And if there's a question about how to spend the company's resources, I guess a good way to look at it is you cannot exceed the amount to where the project would no longer be profitable, but you want to put the best resources on the project. So you do want to try to figure out how to calculate to get as close as you can to that maximum budget. So like you're not trying to save money, right? Like you don't want to look at a project and say, Oh, if I only put junior staff on this, I'll save a ton of money. No, you want to put as many of the top performing people as you can that are qualified for that project that have experience with that type of work, the most senior people you want to put them on it, um, to the greatest degree possible for the most amount of hours that you can. That makes sense, right? Like the bulk of the time for a project is drafting, which is what the junior staff can do. But you do want to have supervision from people that are the most experienced with that project type or that client type. So you want to get as close as you can to your budget. So like, I don't know, you have a million dollars for a project. You're not trying to save a ton of money. Again, uh, we were just looking at that net multiplier concept. Your hourly fees for that you're billing for the employees, they're covering the cost of your profit. So you don't need to try to include extra profit and you cannot go over the budget. So if you have a million dollars for a project, you don't want to spend a million one hundred thousand. You don't want to exceed a million. You want to get as close to that threshold as possible without exceeding it. I think that's more of how they're going to be testing you is making those decisions because realistically those are the kinds of decisions you'll be making. This other accounting stuff be familiar. It will help you to feel more confident going into the exam, but they are not going to be asking you to be like an accountant. This is not an accounting test, so don't get too stressed about it. Just be familiar with everything, and I hope that's good advice. If you uh, happen to take this test after hearing this episode and you think that I gave bad advice on this concept, please let me know as soon as possible so I can revise my statements. I'm not trying to trick anyone, and if you think that that was bad advice, please let me know, and I will fix this immediately if anyone tells me otherwise. Finance, anything else? Um, Yeah, I guess another thing really quick is invoicing. I would consider learning about invoicing procedures and what an invoice should look like and what's included on an invoice. I would learn that uh, I don't... I don't think that's the kind of thing that you'll get quizzed on, but we're learning to become licensed architects. So in your reading, when you see stuff about invoicing, just make note of that and learn those things. What if you invoice a client and they don't pay? In the event of a non-payment, the architect is allowed to take the following actions. You can charge interest. The amount of interest will be predetermined in the owner-architect agreement. You can provide the client with supporting documentation to validate your invoice. So 
I guess, proof of the work that you're invoicing for, you can stop work. You can file a lien against the property. You can take dispute resolution measures per the terms of your owner-architect agreement. And if the owner doesn't pay the architect, the architect is allowed to terminate or suspend the contract. If the architect does suspend the contract, you must first provide a seven days notice to the owner. And if the owner wishes to resume the agreement, they must first pay the architect all the money owed to that point. Okay, so that I think was a pretty good rundown. I hope that helped. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns at airystudyguidepodcast.com. Until next time.